friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. You know, it's that message that you hear all the time growing up where they're like, you know, God's plan is like bigger and better than anything you can imagine. But it's it's so true, but it's so hard to apply that, I think, for young dancers. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, yeah, I have to remind myself now all the time that like, I can't control everything and I can't, you know, no matter how good I want to be or how successful I think I need to be in my field, I have to trust that like God is in control and I have to trust that, you know, he has a path laid out and that if I stay in tuned and if I slow down and I listen, that hopefully I will see those doors that he's opening for me. Hey friends, happy Tuesday, or whatever day you happen to be listening. I'm so excited to bring you conversations with some incredible artists in the next couple of months, including musicians, filmmakers, writers, and dancers. I would love to have your voice on the podcast as well. I'm putting together a special Thanksgiving week episode sharing your answers to the question, why are you thankful for the arts? Check out creativeimpactpodcast.com slash thankful to learn more and submit your response. You can submit a response either via voice recording using SpeakPipe or through email. Again, you can check out more at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash thankful. Before we get into today's conversation, I want to take a moment and introduce you to The Root Collective. The Root Collective is a company that makes beautiful shoes and bags with a purpose. After working for a Fortune 500 company, the founder of The Root Collective, Bethany Tran, decided she wanted to make a difference by helping to create jobs for artisans in Guatemala. I have a pair of flats from The Root Collective, and they are one of my favorite pairs of shoes. They're great quality, and they work super well with so many different outfits. The best part is that every single purchase creates jobs for artisans who need them. You should also definitely check out their boots because they're perfect for fall and winter. It's beautiful that we can make a difference in the world with something that seems so small, like where we shop. To learn more about the story behind The Root Collective and to check out their products, go to creativeimpactpodcast.com slash RC, which stands for Root Collective. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend Gabriel Spieler for episode 17. Gabriel is a native New Yorker raised in Queens and is married to his lovely wife Dara, who dances with Texas Ballet Theater. He received a BFA in dance from Belhaven University, which is where I met him, and currently dances with Bruce Wood Dance in Dallas, Texas. He's also danced with companies like Paul Taylor II, Adeum Dance Company, and many more project companies. In our conversation, we talk about Gabriel's journey from discovering dance in high school to the God story of how he ended up majoring in dance and eventually dancing professionally in his current role. We also chat about Gabriel's experiences teaching and choreographing throughout the United States. Gabriel shares about learning to slow down and listen to God. We also explore what it looks like to allow God to influence our creative work. Enjoy my conversation with Gabriel Spieler. Today I am here with Gabe. Well, I call him Gabe, but Gabriel Spieler. And so excited to have you with me today. How are you, Gabe? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me so much. Uh, yeah. Just really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Definitely. It's super fun to catch up. And I know it's been kind of a crazy life lately. So it's fun to connect with someone via video chat as well. So (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm. so y'all staying safe there? We are. We're locked down here in Fort Worth right now. Um, Obviously, numbers have been bad in Texas. So we're just trying to stay safe. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad y'all are doing well. And just so our listeners know, Gabe and I, we go way back to college, Mm -hmm. essentially. And got to know each other at Bellhaven, dancing together. And I guess since then, just seeing each other probably at like Adeum intensives, things yeah. like that, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. been really fun kind of seeing your journey. And then you are married to Dara, who is also at Bellhaven. Yes. So that's super fun. So maybe we'll get mm-hmm. to hear more about y'all's story too. But Definitely. Yeah. So do you want to share just a little bit about yourself and kind of what you're up to right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, So right now I'm living in Fort Worth and I'm dancing with Bruce Wood Dance Company uh, located in Dallas. Been there for a little over four years now. And I'm married to Dara, who is dancing with Texas Ballet Theater here in Fort Worth. And she's been there for six years. 
And that's currently where I'm at. And right now during COVID, you know, trying to figure out teaching and choreographing and how to stay busy during these crazy times. So for sure, definitely. So why don't we go back now to how you got into dance in the first place? So kind of where you grew up and a little bit about your family and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, I'm born and raised in Queens, New York, and I'm one of five siblings. I didn't grow up dancing. Actually, I grew up playing a ton of sports. I actually mostly played hockey growing up, played hockey till I was 18. And my family also, I guess like they, we didn't really have anyone directly involved with the arts, but everyone appreciated it. Like my dad was Mm -hmm. a huge, like Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly and like all those old classic guys. And so he introduced me to all of that. And I loved watching all the Gene Kelly films and I remember when I went to high school, I went to Frank Sinatra to Performing Arts High School. Oh, um, really? That's cool. Yeah. And what originally when I went there, I just was like, well, I guess it would be more fun, you know, to, I don't know. what well, I didn't even know what I was going to do there, honestly, but more fun doing <laughs> that than like doing an arts class than like math or whatever. Right. Yeah. It does sound more fun yeah. in general. <laughs> so like while I was there, they because I was a guy, they like, I remember they put me in guys and dolls and they were like, we just need you to pretend to like roll some dice, like in the corner. And I was like, this is weird, but okay. And I like <laughs> still enjoyed it. Uh-huh. And then I guess from, let's see. So yeah, I guess rewinding a little bit. So I grew up with five siblings and um, some of my siblings were really into acting and like one of my brothers, uh, he still is like a, he's currently a writer. And so he wow, writes comedy cool. and He's done TV work and commercial work and stuff like that. And growing up in New York City, like, it's just a very art-friendly city. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. pretty much like you can't help but be surrounded by it growing up. So I kind of had always been drawn to the arts, even though I wasn't really directly involved with it. Right. And so then I went to Frank Sinatra and kind of started getting a taste for the arts in general. And I was like, wow, this is great. And I was like, I would love to be more involved. But I also had, like really rough high school. And I, I went to like five different schools before high school. Cause I kept getting either politely asked to leave or, um, just <laughs> like sent away. And so I kind of had a, a little, I was a little bit of a troublemaker to say the least. And after high school, like when high school was coming to an end, I was like, well, I, I didn't do well in school. I, I was never a good student. Um, I skipped school a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get into college. And then Going into my senior year, there was like a program called Young Dance Makers Company in New York. And it's an improv summer intensive for urban New York City youth. And it's totally free. Wow. It's like, yeah, they pay for it. And they select students from throughout the five boroughs. And okay. during that intensive, they kind of introduce you to like improvisation. And they introduce you to dance. And you get to do rep from a choreographer in New York. And that year they were we were doing rep from Mark Morris's dance company. Oh wow. And so one of his company dancers came and set that and that was kind of like my introduction. I was like, wow, I really love this. Like this is so fun. And because I was already very athletic, I was like, I loved running and jumping and doing all that kind of stuff. Right. So you probably took pretty pretty quickly to the yeah, the athleticism. To the dance athletic and, part of it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that sounds like so much fun. Like yeah. I want to go to that. <laughs> Yeah, Seems no, like really it was, cool intensive. yeah, it was so fun. And then I had like some friends that were like, Hey, you should come to a Broadway dance center and take a class. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but that sounds cool. Like, cool. Why so, not? Yeah. Yeah. I went there, loved that. And then that kind of led me to college where they were like, you know, they're always looking for men in dance departments because mm-hmm. they just, they don't have a lot of them. So you should just look into some. And I had also just become a Christian my senior year of high school as well. Okay. So I literally just Googled like Christian dance colleges. Yeah. So I, was, I, was, I was already interested in like, I was really new into my faith and I knew that that had transformed my life and I wanted to go deeper there. And then I just had been introduced to dance. So I was like, how can I connect these two? Mm-hmm. So the two that came up when I Googled was Bellhaven University and Palm Beach Atlantic University. And I saw that Bellhaven was in Jackson, Mississippi. And being from New York, I was like, yeah, no way. Not going to go there. So I didn't even look at it. I just kind of like... That's so funny. Like, that's off the table. Yeah, which is funny because that's where I ended up graduating from. Right, right. But at first, I went to Palm Beach Atlantic University. And 
I showed up, didn't know what to do. They were like, we need a picture of you in first arabesque. So I Google like first arabesque and look up images and try to mimic that pose. That is so great. (laughs) And yeah, I went there for two years and had a great experience. It was really good. But then in 2008, with the financial crisis, both of my parents lost their jobs. And so I was like, Mm. I cannot, it's a pretty expensive school. So I was like, I can't afford to go to school here anymore. So I was like, I'll just drop out and I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And then right at this time, I met Randall Flynn, who's the director uh, at a day. Uh, He was on here. I just listened to his podcast. It was so inspiring. Love listening to him. So cool to hear his story too. Yeah. Yeah. No, really. And I did a work because he choreographed at PBA and I kind of told him like, Hey, I don't know what's going on, but I'm thinking about leaving because we were talking about life. And he invited me to like the Adam spring intensive. And I went to that and I was like mind blown. Cause I was like, I didn't even really know that like there were Christian dancers out there, mm-hmm. especially at like that magnitude, people that were that skilled, you know, I was right. like, this is amazing. And he introduced me to Cynthia Newland, who was at the time the chair of Bellhaven University. Uh-huh. Sorry, all these little trails, but it'll make sense in a second, I promise. It's all good. It's really cool, all the connections for sure. So. Yeah, no, definitely. And so Randy introduced me to Cynthia. I just called her on the phone and she was like, yeah, come down and audition. And so I was like, all right. And of course, this is Bellhaven University, which was the place that I was like, I'm not going there because it's in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> Love how this works, right? Yeah. And long story short, ended up going to Bellhaven. And I graduated from there in 2014 and been dancing ever since. So that was kind of my weird intro, I guess, to dance and college. Yeah. Right. Super cool. Love that. And it's really fun because that's where our stories sort of line up and where we got to mm-hmm. know each other and hang out. And so, and that's where you met Dara, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit with our listeners about sure. that story? Yeah. So, so Dara, I met Dara. I remember it's, it's actually really funny. She didn't, she did not like me to be fair f- for most of <laughs> my years at Bellhaven because I was very loud and rightfully so. I, I had, I came from a very different culture right. um, trying to fit in. But I remember when I auditioned, uh, she was doing a duet and it was a marriage duet, funny enough. But uh, <laughs> I saw, I, had, I hadn't really been exposed to a lot of dance at this point. I'd only been dancing for like a year and a half. And I just thought she was like beautiful, not just like as a person, but like as a dancer. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. like, this girl's amazing. So after the show, I like went up to her and I was just like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I thought you were beautiful. And she just kind of looked at me and she was like, thanks. And kind of like ran away. And I was <laughs> like, all right, whatever. So. We, you know, I guess like, you know, we were friends while, when I first got there, but we didn't really like hang around. Like we had Mm -hmm. some, we had friends that, you know, knew each other. So we would be in the same groups and it's a small community. So inevitably you're going to see each other, Mm -hmm. but didn't really, you know, talk much. And then we went to Korea together because Cynthia Newland got a group of students together and we went to South Korea and we danced there and we toured there for a little bit. And we were both picked to go on this trip. And at the end of the trip, she told me this after the fact, she Mm -hmm. was talking to her family and she's like, you know, it's really weird, but like Gabriel did not annoy me during the trip at all. And they were like, oh, that's so good. You know, that's great. Because I think initially (laughs) we thought, oh, it might be a little weird or whatever. He can be annoying. Uh Um, And so we got back from Korea. And then that year, a bunch of our friends had graduated and they were upperclassmen. And so when they left, it was like, well, maybe we should, I was like, you know, we should hang out because it's just us now. And so we started hanging out. Yeah. We started hanging out and then one thing led to the next and um, we started dating for a couple months. And then I guess this kind of goes into the next part of my story. I don't know if we want to go here yet. Transition into it. That'd be great. So it kind of goes into, I, we started dating for a couple months and then I got a job at Paul Taylor in the second company. Mm -hmm. And so I had to leave school a semester early. And so we decided to do long distance and we did long distance for two and a half years. Yeah. That's long. Three. I mean, that's yeah. rough. Yeah. Yeah. And she was here in Texas and I was in New York. Gotcha. Okay. And then eventually came full circle. I ended up in Texas and we can get to that later. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we've been married three years now. So wow, congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. So fun. It's fun watching like via social media, you know, people's yeah. stories unfold and it's really cool to hear to hear how it all you know, yeah. came together. So um, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that transition because mm-hmm. that's a pretty big deal to be in college and then yes. to leave early. So what was that like, that transition? You know, it was totally unexpected because 
it was like my senior year and I had no idea where I was going to dance. You know, I was like, I, I don't, I, I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, Oh, I'll go back to New York and I'll freelance for a while because that's home. That's where my whole family was. Yeah. And I remember like leading into my senior year. Um, some people were like, you know, I was looking at companies and they said, you should look at Paul Taylor because you know, you have the same build, you can jump, you're really strong. And that's like, you're kind of what they look for. But mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Paul Taylor. Like, I mean, besides the, like I read about him in the history books, but I never really watched the rep, never did any of his style, mm-hmm. but they had a winter intensive and I got a scholarship to that, That's cool. which actually it was thanks to Whitney who was on oh, yeah. your podcast as well. So she was the one that was able, that allowed me to go do that intensive. That's awesome. So went to this intensive and I was like, kind of drawn to the physicality at first of it. And obviously it's just like, and it's one of the biggest companies in the world. Right. And so I went to the intensive and I was like, oh, this will just be a fun learning experience. And it just so happened that while I was there, one of their men in the second company had retired. So they were holding an audition that I didn't know about. And Ruth Andrian, who was the director of the company at the time, said, hey, I'd like to invite you to the audition. I just think it would be a great experience for you mm-hmm. um, because she she doesn't pick who gets the job. Paul does because Paul is in the room watching. Gotcha. Okay. He, he was he was alive at the time, and so she said, "You know, I don't know what'll happen, but I just think it'd be a great experience for you." And I said, "Okay, yeah, I would I would love to. It'd be like my first audition out of college." Mm-hmm. So uh, the audition was men only, and it was other men who had auditioned in the past and made it to the end but got cut. So I was like, I'm just going to go stand in the back and I'm just going to have fun because yeah. obviously all these guys have been auditioning and trying to get in. So I went to the audition and it was a hard audition. I remember being like, I, you know, was right? really, like, I don't know I was what really, just happened. Yeah. yeah, I was really thrown. I definitely like messed up. I forgot like a combination and like, it was yeah. not a good audition on my part. And there were definitely people there that were way better than me. But at the end of the audition, you know, Paul and Ruth, uh, Ruthie kind of like gathered us around and they were like, all right, guys, you know, unfortunately we only have one job and we'd like to offer it to this young man. And he didn't even know my name. He just pointed at me and I was like, what? Whoa. Like, this is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So I still had a semester left in college and I was like, I didn't know. I don't know what to do. And so I talked to the whole dance department, the staff and everything. And they all agreed that they would release me early and I would do some classes online and, and do some stuff away. But the whole point of going to college is to get a job afterwards. Right. So, right. Exactly. So that's, yeah. you know, so why not? they released me and I danced with Paul uh, Taylor for probably like nine months. And originally, like I said, yes, because I was like, you can't say no to Paul Taylor. Like it's just too mm-hmm. big a name and everybody knows it. So I just, I got to say yes. And it would be, it's just a great place to start. And I had no idea if this was going to be like my whole career or what. And like I yeah. said, I, I had never performed any of his rep or anything. So I took the job kind of blind. Mm-hmm. All I had was the two week intensive. That was my, that's all I knew about it. So I was there and I definitely learned a lot. I mean, I had, we toured so much. We would tour for like two, three months at a time. Oh, wow. And just learning, like, I had never been pushed like that physically before. And so basically, I came to this point where I was kind of like, I just realized that I wasn't crazy about a lot of the Paul rep and that style of dance was great, but it just wasn't something that I felt super passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to do more contemporary work. Yeah. So I talked to Ruthie, the director, and I just kind of told her like, I feel like there's so many people who would kill for my job and I don't really love my job as much as they, they would, you know? Right. Yeah. That passion isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to leave. And at the time I was talking to Randy and I had already been to a bunch of Adeum intensives and I love everything they do there. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, can I, you know, come dance for you? And he was like, yeah, of course. So left Paul Taylor, went to Adeum, danced there for a year. And I was still like, not sure what I wanted in the dance world, honestly. Like I was like, I don't know what style of dance I really want to do. I, mm-hmm. I don't even really know what I'm necessarily like good at. You know, like, yeah, always, yeah, you're still like discovering. Yeah, still I mean, discovering. it's only at that point been like, what, four or five years of dancing? Total of dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was at a dam for a year, had great experiences there. And then I went from a dam back to New York and I freelanced there for, I don't know, I want to say like a year and a half, maybe almost, okay. almost two years, something like that. And I just took every job I can get. 
I was dancing for like seven, eight different project companies at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I worked at Lululemon on the side as well. Um, I worked at a yoga studio, like the front desk. Like I was just like, I'm going to hustle while I'm young. Right. And eventually I was like, I really want to plant roots somewhere. And this is where Darren and I were also doing long distance at this point. And so we were at a point in our relationship where it was like, we either need to figure out how to live in the same city or we need to like, just go our separate ways, you know? Because mm-hmm. that'd be and, really hard to sustain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was really hard to sustain, especially with our work schedules. Mm-hmm. Like we'd be on the phone, like falling asleep, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. And so I had heard about Bruce Wood when I was a senior in college, but I got the Taylor job before I had a chance to audition for Bruce Wood. But while I was in New York, I was like watching YouTube videos and a piece of theirs called My Brother's Keeper was like, there was a promo for it online and it like blew my mind. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, this is where I want to dance. You know, I was like, I love everything about what I'm seeing right now. So I just literally emailed Kimi Nakaido, who is a director at the time of Bruce Wood, and said, you don't know me at all, but I love everything you guys are doing because I stopped yeah. them so much at that point. Right. And I said, I would love to come audition. And she said, yeah, well, you know, uh, we could do a private audition. And she had vetted me as well. And we met and had lunch in New York before even inviting me to Texas and, and okay. stuff like yeah. that. That's cool. And Yeah. And I ended up going down there. I did a three-day audition and got the job. And so it allowed Dara and I to be in the same city and get a job I really loved. Wow. That's super cool how that came together. Yeah. yeah. And how long ago is that now? I know you said it earlier. I'm yeah, kidding. it was a little over a little over four years. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. Did you enjoy the time freelancing or was that like I know, did. we've talked to some people that are like, ah, yeah. it was stressful. But yeah. I I did enjoy it because I felt like freelancing really helped me figure out what style of dance I wanted to get into. Because oh, like yeah, I said, I, I just took every job I could. So I was taking, you know, a var- like like people that were more like gaga based, people that were more like codified modern people that were more contemporary and um you know I just took a job and sometimes if I didn't like it I'd be like well at least I know I didn't like that so then I would stay away Mm -hmm. from from movement like that and it also just gave me a lot of experience of working with different choreographers because every every you know every couple months I'm like working with new choreographers and new companies so that's true having to pick up styles or pick up yeah choreography in general that's super cool Mm -hmm. and how's your experience been with Bruce Wood what's that been like yeah it's been great I mean I had a lot to learn because Bruce would, um, one, I've always been a very good partner. Like that was one thing that everyone told me. They were like, you're a great partner. And Bruce would does a lot of partnering and like, it's, it's really challenging. And is there a lot of like contact improv type stuff too, or, um, not like choreographed. It's definitely choreographed. Yeah. It's way more choreographed. We do ballet four days a week. And then one day a week we'll do like a, um, Bruce class with, different isms and stuff like that. But you definitely have to have like a strong ballet base and then also a pretty strong contemporary and partnering background as Mm -hmm. well. And the journey there has been so great. Like every season I've been pushed like farther than I thought I could go both like physically, but also like artistically. And they really know how to mold and season dancers there. Mm, Yeah. And then just a lot of exciting things have happened since I've been at the company. It's just been blowing up and getting more and more popular. So that's so cool. How many people are in the company right now? Uh, Six guys and six girls. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. It's like pretty, pretty intimate community probably as well. Like getting to know these people. And yeah, it's very close knit. And we have like in-house resident choreographers and our artistic director choreographs. And that's Joy Bollinger. But then we also bring in outside choreographers and we try to bring in upcoming, but also people that are already very established. So we just worked with Brian Arias, who, if you don't know him, he danced with like Netherlands Dance Theater and Kid Pivot. Mm-hmm. He has his own smaller company. We worked with Kate Skarpatowska from Parsons and Lar Lubavitch and the list goes on and on. Yeah. So so great super cool opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then, so Dara's doing Texas Ballet Theater. I need to get her yes. on sometime too, so we can yeah. hear, hear her story and how that's been going. But wow. So y'all are like living full-time professional dancer life for both of you. What is that like? Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, like it works out pretty well for us because we generally leave the house, like leave the house around the same time. And then I think I'm back a little bit before her on most days, unless she has an early day or something. Mm -hmm. And it's more like when we come home, we're both exhausted. And so it's like learning how to like care for one another when you are both really tired. Right. Um, Like, you know, how to serve one another well. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. So what has been one of the low points potentially during mm-hmm. your time 
um, as a professional dancer? Yeah. So, I mean, fortunately I've, I've been working consistently, like since even like I left college early and I've been working consistently since then. So I've been very blessed in terms mm-hmm. of like finding work and people finding me like people that I weren't, wasn't even looking for. So mm-hmm. in that sense, I've been very blessed. I have gone through like a lot of different injuries. I've had like partial tears in my patella tendon and my meniscus. I've had like some back, but like shoulder, like rotator cuff issues just Ooh, from yeah crazy partnering and stuff. And so that's definitely been something that has taken me off stage and out of rehearsal for periods of time Mm -hmm. and having to go to PT and having to, you know, take different, do different exercises, take different medication to get back on my feet. And it's always hard during that time because, I mean, if you're a dancer listening to this, you know that like if you're off for one week, you're like, oh, I've lost everything. Like, you know, (laughs) you're like, oh my gosh, like I've gained 10 pounds and I'm not flexible anymore. None of which is true. Like it's been a week, you know, you're fine. It's all in your head, you know? Yeah. But it feels like that for sure. It's very real. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like that. And so I had a lot of that going on. Like I would be off for like six weeks and then I would have to like get back on stage and like hit the ground Mm -hmm. running hard. And I definitely made my fair share of mistakes. I mean, even like my senior year, I injured my left knee and I was told to like stay off of it for a certain period of time. But I was like, Mm -hmm. no, I have to do this show. It was like a senior showcase, like something like looking back, I'm like, not important, right? Like it's a senior showcase for, it wasn't even my senior showcase. It was somebody else's. else's, So I was like, that performance was not worth further injury, but I decided to go on and I performed with bad knee and everything. And then that injury came back later. And Mm, so, yeah. I've made decisions like that where now I'm definitely way more careful in terms of just taking care of my body. And when something's hurting, knowing if it's good pain or bad pain or just the severity of it. That's super important. Yeah. And that's hard to know sometimes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Especially like, I mean, knees in general, if you've ever had a knee injury, they're, they're very, it's a very tricky joint. Like sometimes you could feel totally fine, but there could be something very wrong with your knee and Mm. you won't know. And you won't know it until you all of a sudden feel that pain. Right, right. Yeah. Have you ever had to have surgery or has it always been just like PT thank God, and stuff? Yeah. Thank God I've been able to, cause I had, I've had a lot of partial tears, but because I have really strong legs, they said that was supporting um, the muscle was basically supporting the joint. And so they would basically be like, don't push it anymore. Cause you'll, you'll fully tear it. But if you take like six weeks off, eight weeks off, whatever, then like it will heal. And then oh, I also, cool. I mean, I got steroid shots and which aren't always, I do not always recommend that by the way, but if, right. you, need it, if you need it in a pinch, it's, it's one thing, but right. <laughs> um, definitely yeah. don't rely on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Um, do you have any like tips for people just taking care of your body in general, mm-hmm. especially when you're in that super high demanding? Yeah. Well, lifestyle. Um, yeah. there's definitely a lot, especially now, like for our generation, there's a lot of nutritional advice and just like healthy eating and things like mm-hmm. that. You can look up Cynthia Newland. She has a ton of information on that. And besides just like eating healthy and because you are what you eat, essentially like eating healthy yeah. and, pr- and promoting like uh, a good, healthy inner self cross training, I would say is like, is a huge thing now. It's like, you, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a contemporary company where you're working with a variety of choreographers you need to be strong in so many different ways. And so whether it's like doing yoga or soul cycle, you know, or like doing, going to the gym on your own or running or whatever it is, like, I think cross training is, is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those would be two tips. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So those of y'all dancers out there listening, (laughs) yeah, take the advice. Yeah. That's super good. Are you enjoying the podcast? You can become a monthly supporter by joining our Patreon community. As a supporter of the podcast, you get access to extra content that is only available for patrons. Some of the content that you'll see as a patron are things like behind the scenes, looking at what goes into creating a podcast, and bonus content from the conversations with guests on the show. You can learn more on our website. Another way that you can support the show is by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to my conversation with Gabriel Spieler. I know you kind of touched on this earlier when we were talking about, you know, you becoming a believer your Mm -hmm. senior year of high school. 
Mm-hmm. How has your faith impacted, influenced your journey as a dancer? Yeah, I mean, it's totally influenced my journey, I think, especially, like I said at the beginning, when I was a new Christian, I Googled Christian dance colleges because I was already trying to combine the two, not right. even knowing not even knowing if it was possible because so my father is Jewish and my mother uh, was Catholic and they both converted to Christianity later on. So okay. there was a church that I, I did attend church growing up, even though I wasn't always super invested. It was more like I made really good friends, so I would keep coming back. Mm-hmm. But even at the church, they I would see people with flags and like dancing a little bit. And it was more like, it wasn't trained dancing, but they were like worshiping, you know? Mm-hmm. So be- I think because I saw that, I, I always kind of wondered like, you know, is there is there more in that area? Um, maybe not like I wasn't intentionally seeking it out, but I think it was like there in the back of my mind, like, oh, that would mm-hmm. be cool if there was something more there. And so when I found a Christian dance college, I, I just went, I chose to go there and I didn't really, it was a God thing that I got in in the first place because I had no dance experience and I had mm-hmm. terrible grades, you know, so <laughs> going yeah, there. Yeah, had and, a plan for you there. For yeah. Sure. And then meeting certain like father figures, spiritual father figures along the way, like Randall Flynn, Steve, Steve Rooks, Bill Wade, you know, I... I've been very fortunate in that I've been exposed and have met like most major Christian dance influences in the United States mm-hmm. um, and some in Europe even. And I was able to, every time I would go to, whether it's like a summer intensive uh, where these guys were teaching, just constantly trying to like feed myself and figure out like, okay, like what is God going to have for me? Like, where am I going to go? Um, right. And kind of just glean from like the mentorship as well. Probably. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you just look up to them because you're like, wow, these guys are like, you know, they're twice my age and they're doing it. So like, I, I mean, like I want to be that in like 30 years, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely seeking advice from them and always just kind of like, you know, it, it's been hard. It's, I have not always like, I feel like it's really easy to put God on the back burner when you're at the beginning of your career. Especially because mm-hmm. I didn't know if I wanted to be in a faith-based environment or a secular dance environment. Like I constantly was torn between the two. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna like go into the secular world and just be a Christian there and see what happens. And then I would be like, no, I really want to go into the faith-based world and I want to do that. And I kept bouncing back and forth. And so a lot of the times, like, yeah, I don't know if I always like was seeking God in every decision, but God had my back and he by the grace of God, he like protected me in all all these decisions I was making in terms of like where to go Mm -hmm. and where to dance. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. Love to hear more on the idea of like mentors and, Mm -hmm. and also, I don't know, just your thoughts on mentorship or um, maybe how you've seen that influence your life. And then for other people out there, you know, what Mm -hmm. tips you might have for mentoring others as well. Sure. Have you had a chance to kind of be in that that role as well to mentor people coming up? A little bit more recently. And I don't know if it's just because I'm, you know, getting to the other side now of my right. career. But in terms of mentors, like how they shaped me in my life, I, I can, I'm a very, uh, I'm, I'm, an, I'm super extroverted, but I also, I can make a lot of rash decisions. I make decisions very quickly. I'm a doer. I always feel like I need to be mm-hmm. doing something and these men in my life that were mentoring me really showed me how to slow down and listen, how to even like be quiet and maybe and like meditate for a while. I would like, before I show up to work at Bruce Wood, I'd park my car and I just put my timer on for five minutes and I just sit in silence for five minutes mm, just so I can, good. just so I can focus right. and see like if there are thoughts that keep popping into my head Cause it's really hard to like think about nothing. Right. Like almost impossible mm-hmm. for me, at least for me too. I did. Yeah. I know it's always really hard. I'm like, uh, and then you kind of have to like, okay, that thought's yeah. for tomorrow or that thoughts. Yeah. 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 But all these thoughts that are coming into my head, sometimes I'm like, well, maybe there's a reason they keep popping into my head. And then I present that to God and say, okay, these are my thoughts. What, how, what should I do with them? Do they mean anything? You know? Mm-hmm. And these mentors encouraged me to slow down, to listen more and just, you know, it's that message that you hear all the time growing up where you're, they're like, you know, God's plan is like bigger and better than anything you can imagine. But it's, it's so true, but it's so hard to apply that, I think, yeah, for young dancers. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's hard to, yeah, I have to remind myself now all the time that like, I can't control everything. And I can't, you know, no matter how good I want to be or how successful I think I need to be in my field. I have to trust that like God is in control and I have to trust that, you know, he has a path laid out and that if I stay 
in tuned. And if I slow down and I listen that hopefully I will see those doors that he's opening for me. Wow. Yeah. Super good. But yeah. And then now in terms of mentoring, I haven't, honestly, I haven't done a ton of it. I've been put in many positions of leadership, which mentorship kind of comes with that. I think mm-hmm. when you're, or it doesn't have to, but I think if you're a good leader, you like it will, should. Yeah. It, yeah. It should. Yeah. And so I have had opportunities of like Zion dance project. I've worked with them almost every year since they started. And uh, last summer I was their rehearsal director. And so I was in charge of like these 80 dancers and for like, you know, three weeks trying to put together like 12 pieces. It was mayhem, wow. yeah. but God really spoke to me through Vincent Hardy um, and Abigail and Zion Dance Project and kind of called me out on like, you're not living up to this leadership potential that I, that I have for you. Mm. And so I decided to like really start to practice, like, what does it mean to speak into other people? And what does it mean to, you know, when God is telling me that there's something that I need to say or do for someone, like, what does it look like to, to act upon that? Cause it's terrifying. Right. Yeah. And so I've had those opportunities. And then whenever I teach somewhere or if I choreograph somewhere, I am really trying to, to seek out God before I even go into the space and be like, I know I'm broken. I know that like, I'm not a very smart guy. I don't have a ton of wisdom to offer, but God, if whatever you tell me or please direct me and, and just show me mm-hmm. what you want me to do. So that's really great. Like just, yeah, being surrendered and that's such a good word to just slow down and like mm-hmm. listen and take time to listen. I'm not super great about slowing down either. <laughs> I tend to just keep going, going, going. So totally get that. Yeah. I love it. So right now, what is kind of your current passion? What are you mm. looking at looking forward? I'm still, I, I feel like I'm still in my prime dancing. So about to turn 30. I feel like I I'm still growing as a dancer. Like, I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I've gotten as good as I can get technically. And Mm -hmm. so now it's, now I'm just working on the artistry, but I think I'm getting to that sweet spot where your artistry and your physicality kind of match. Mm -hmm. And so I want to grow there more, but I'm also trying to pursue more teaching and choreography. I haven't like created my own website or anything like that, but I have done my fair share of teaching in the DFW area and just through my past experiences at master classes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And now I've been choreographing for some different uh, companies. I just choreographed on a dam. I've choreographed oh. on Zion dance project, awakening dance movement in New York, uh, a bunch of performing arts, high schools. So I've, I've been getting sought out by different people randomly. And it's been really great to kind of pursue that and see okay, how can I combine, like, it's really hard. I don't want to go into the space and just try to create something really cool because I have a lot of experience with amazing artists that have influenced me, but I want to be able to let God influence the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a whole separate skill. To try sure. to it seems pretty challenging master. not to just want to do something cool. Yeah. Yes. Cause you, yes. know, you want everyone to like it. You want to be like, yeah. this is going to be amazing and the best thing, but yeah, it can be probably easy to feel overwhelmed when that's the focus, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or feel inadequate, at least. Yes. That's yes. been my experience for sure. Yeah. If I get it's, in that headspace, yeah. yeah. It's it's always, for me at least, and I think for a lot of choreographers, even ones that are more accomplished, it, it's still scary. Like, because you, yeah. you're being very vulnerable. You're like, this is, I'm showing you more of who I am and I'm trying to, and I'm presenting something to you and sometimes you can show something. And if you see people looking at you, like, what is he teaching us? You know, you may, you immediately can feel like I want to get drawn. I want to draw back in. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can just go, you know what, I'm going to keep pushing ahead and and just trust that God will make something beautiful out of this work. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I've also like been looking into like getting my MFA because I do want to keep pursuing mentoring others And Mm -hmm. I feel like what better way than to work with a group of students for four years and be able to speak into their life during a time when they're trying to figure out what to do with the rest of theirs, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's so true. So good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So kind of touching back on choreography a little bit. Yeah. What do you find is your inspiration most of the time or do you have Mm -hmm. different? Uh, Normally it's the music. I would say normally like I will hear something that I can't get out of my head and I, can see like designs, like almost like a paintbrush and I'll see different colors and things like that. 
and it's all about flow for me. So I'm, I really love it when movement is super continuous and grounded. I love circles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all I have to start is the music and then these different images that are coming into my head. But then usually I try not to, to get too deep unless I know there's something very specific that I want to choreograph about, like a theme or something. Mm-hmm. I normally will show up with the music that I know I want. And maybe when I'm listening, I'll be like, oh, there's, that's a duet. I don't know what, but there'll be a duet over there. And this is definitely mm-hmm. a quartet. Like this is definitely unison. This is a solo. There's lighting that's going to, there's going to be a lighting change here, but I don't even know what's on stage yet. Right. And like <laughs> That will go through my head. And then when I show up into this space, I really try to like look at the, cause sometimes you don't know who you're going to work with. You could have great ideas, but if you go into a studio and you're like, wow, like, okay, I have no guys. And I thought I was going to have a guy. So now I'm going to do a female duet. You know, I don't have right. to get rid of the idea, but you have to, you have to make it work. Kind of rework still. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rework it. And then I try to use the dancers, abil- like their natural abilities, like the way that they move, or I'll kind of, I'll notice who the leader of the group is. I'll notice, you know, who maybe is like, got an amazing stage presence, even if they're not super technically strong, you know, and how can I utilize right. that? So yeah, capitalize on those different things. And yeah. yeah. So do you have any, that makes me curious. Do you have any like visual art background? I don't. I actually can't okay. draw at all. I'm gotcha. terrible. That's cool though. Well, I was just <laughs> yeah. thinking because you're talking about like the lines or the different yeah. shapes and like visually yeah. seeing that. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. And it's fun. I've had a few different people that are choreographers that have been on here, actually mm-hmm. multiple, mainly because I know mostly dancers. I'm starting to branch out, <laughs> get some musicians and mm-hmm. visual artists. But um, but it's interesting hearing different people's take on choreography and yeah, yeah. their process and everything, you know, Definitely. and I'm still finding my voice. Like, I'm still like, I don't feel like I have like a signature on my choreography yet. Like I'm still very much so open to letting that develop however God wants it to. Mm-hmm. What has I that let, journey been like kind of yeah. as it's developing? I know you're in the midst of it, so it's kind of hard to speak to it maybe, but I, I definitely stopped relying on me trying so hard to be like creating something new. Because mm, it's really yeah. hard. Like everything has been done in dance, well, yeah. essentially, almost, right? <laughs> Nothing so, new under the sun, as they say. <laughs> yeah. But I started pulling. I thought, oh, man, if I want God to be involved in my work, you know, I should probably not pull from like certain artists or whatever. But I'm learning more and more that like everything God has put in my life, like every choreographer that I have worked with, every job I've had is like in my arsenal for me to use in my choreography now. And mm-hmm. I should use their influences. And like Bruce Wood has been a huge influence on my choreography that I didn't really think, I didn't think it would be, but like, even though Bruce would, he's passed away, but his choreography, I think is very spiritual, even though he's not a Christian, but he was a very spiritual man. Yeah. And I just see the human side of it. I see the artistic side of it. And I'm like, wow, I would love to learn how to marry that in my faith as a choreographer. Like, how do I take this human aspect and I take this artistic aspect. And so I make people see humans on stage. But at the same time, while they can relate to them as a human, at the same time, they're doing these things that are like otherworldly, you know? Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's something special about that connection mm-hmm. when people relate. And there's like, I know I've experienced it, you know, when I'm watching dance and you just, mm-hmm. or even with music and stuff, but it just like somehow touches you super deep and you don't even know why sometimes. And you're mm-hmm. like, that but yeah super beautiful and it's gonna be fun to watch your journey as you continue to develop that yeah. voice and i'm excited to see what comes out and it was fun i saw um that you posted on social media the video mm-hmm. of you like in a living room or something yeah. like yeah. on carpet that was so good that was super <laughs> fun so were you just like kind of messing around playing around with ideas yeah i uh that was during covid and i was really bored i was at my in-laws house and um bruce wood was asking us to like just be creative during our time off and my friend who's in my small group here in Fort Worth, he writes poetry. And so Mm -hmm. I said, Hey, can you voice, can you voice uh, record yourself reading one of your poems and send it to me? I'd love to just choreograph to it. And so he did that. And I just went down to the basement and did it. Um, Ah, So so cool. What did you create, like actually choreograph it or is it more improv? No, I choreographed it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. It definitely fit really well with with the poetry and yeah, I was like, this is so neat. I love it. It's going to be fun seeing the projects that continue to come. Thanks. And yeah. even in this time, that's so weird. It's been neat seeing people. Mm-hmm. I think limits can enhance choreography, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so make you, make you think differently for sure. Yes. Think outside so. of the box and everything. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sharing your creative voice throughout yeah. COVID and everything. 
Yeah. It's crazy. So as we're kind of starting to wrap up a little bit, what mm-hmm. is one thing if, you know, just imagine we're talking to these artists that are mm-hmm. listening right now, like what is one thing that you'd have to share with them or a word of encouragement mm-hmm. or advice? I would say slow down and listen. I, I said it earlier, but I think it can be, we can have so much fear and anxiety on like what we should be doing next or what we're currently doing, if we should still be doing it, you know, what job mm-hmm. to take, you know, am I a good enough a dancer, you know, all these different questions that come into our minds as artists. And I would just say that like, it's super biblical to slow down and to listen. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that's really hard to do, especially as physical beings, you know, we just feel like we have to do it. We need control over every situation. And so I would say, that when you're slowing down and listen to practice that on your own, like whether that's in the morning uh, in a devotional, whether that's parking your car before you go to work and just sitting in silence for five minutes, you know, but also slowing down and listening to others, like find that mentor in your life, find those people that you trust Mm -hmm. and stop talking and just listen, you know, and then see what you can apply to your own life. I just know that, for myself as an extrovert and as someone who is very confident, I can go ahead and I, I will just make decisions. And a lot of times I look back and I'm like, shouldn't have made that decision. And had I slowed down and had I listened to somebody else, I would have been better for it. Mm, yeah. So yeah, That's so slow good. down and listen. Yes. Slow down and listen. Thank you for that. I love mm-hmm. it. What is one thing right now that is like one of your favorite mm-hmm. things currently? Ooh, well, we just... On the lighter side, we just adopted a new dog. Uh, oh, we so rescued, fun. yeah, we rescued Polly. She's a boxer and she's just so cute. And so it's been really great having her, especially during COVID, having a, oh, a, yeah, little, snu- sure. a little fuzzy snuggle buddy. So been having a lot of fun with her, but I'm also really enjoying uh, being with family right now. So mm-hmm. I've been with my in-laws twice already. Uh, I'm going to see my family next week. And as an artist, like, we love our jobs, but you have to sacrifice a lot of family time. Mm-hmm. You know, you are on the road touring or you are in rehearsal. You don't have normal breaks like other professions. You also don't make the same amount of money as other professions. So traveling can be a serious expense. And so mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed having the opportunity to spend time with family and talk with friends and Zoom with people, you know, that I would haven't spoken to in a while. So yeah, that's super, super fun. It's been nice Mm -hmm. to travel and get to, well, we've traveled a little bit just like within the Mm -hmm. Houston area, (laughs) I guess, basically. But are y'all actually going up to New York too? Yeah, well, we're going to go to, my parents just moved to Connecticut. They just moved to New Haven, Connecticut. So I'm going to go up there and um, yeah, I'm just going to hang out there for y'all going to drive. We're going to fly away. We're flying. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a long drive. Woo. Yeah, we thought yeah. about it, but we already drove to Illinois and Michigan. So we're like, we're not driving anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, but. just mask up and yeah, yeah, exactly. Wash your hands will be good. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Lots of sanitizer. Yes, lots of hand sanitizer. I know. I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of like pieces coming out about, yes. I don't know, all these different things, masks yeah. and sanitizer and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all have any idea of when you're getting back to work? Um, we're supposed to start back August 10th and that's actually Texas Ballet Theater and Bruce Wood, okay, but with cool. numbers in Texas, who knows if that will stay and also who knows what normal will be like, maybe we start back, but it's in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, August 10th is supposed to be our start back date. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, well, it's all a day at a time. And I think what you were saying about like slowing down and listening mm-hmm. and it is so hard because we want to control it and it's hard to mm-hmm. just I think right now we're all realizing we're not in control and that we don't really have it. We just have to wait, you know, one day at a time and trust and yes, one foot in front of the other. So I'm Mm. definitely in that same boat trying to figure it out, (laughs) figure out what's next Mm -hmm. for sure. Well, how can people get in touch with you if they want to kind of stay connected um, or also to learn more about what y'all are doing with Bruce Wood dance project? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's just Gabriel Spieler is my handle. Facebook, Gabriel Spieler. Last name is S-P-E-I-L-L-E-R. Awesome. You can also uh, find me on Bruce Wood's website. So just brucewooddance.org. And if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you're looking to take a free class or something, uh, feel free to message me. Yeah, that would be awesome. Super cool. Well, thank you so much, Gabe. It's super fun getting to catch up with you. I know it's been 
it's been a number of years. So it's nice to get to actually hear your voice and get to see what you're up to. And I can't wait to see where the journey takes you guys and continuing so to much. grow. Yeah. Super yeah, fun. So great. So great being on here and props to you for getting this together during a time. I just want to say like, I've been listening to your podcast oh, and thank you. it's just, uh, it's interesting. Cause even though like not everyone on your podcast is like a mentor to me, like I'm trying to treat it that way, like listening mm-hmm. to their advice. What can I apply to my own life? You know, what can I relate to? So props to you for thank giving you. us this opportunity. Yeah, totally. It's been really super fun to do. And like a lot of, like you just said, like I'm taking it in as well. And it's been really neat mm. to get that wisdom and advice from everyone. And, and then it's kind of like, you feel like, you know, the people I feel like when you're listening to a podcast. And so it's really neat to build those sort of relationships as well and um, get Mm -hmm. to peek behind, behind the curtain a little bit for people's lives and journeys. And so thanks for sharing yours with everybody. I know it's going to, going to speak for sure, especially people are in that same kind of like season, you know? So yes. Yeah. And we're all there at some point. So exactly. (laughs) Thank you. so good. I loved Gabriel's encouragement to slow down and listen to God's voice. You can find links from the show and the full show notes on our website. Don't forget to check out creativeimpactpodcast.com slash thankful and let us know why you are grateful for the arts. We would love to have you join the conversation. Next week, I have the honor of introducing you to Jalisa McCreary. Jalisa is a worship leader at the Austin Stone Community Church in Austin, Texas. In addition to leading worship every week, Jalisa spends much of her time investing in the development of female worship leaders and teaching worship ministry philosophy. You won't want to miss her incredible story. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Share the show with a friend, and I'll see you next week for my conversation with Jalisa McCreary.